Well, a big rise in the Aussie dollar on Friday and for the pound as the reflation trade sees US Treasuries sold off, pushing yields well up on the day and mixed stories on inflation in the United States. Larry Summers seems to think it's a concern as the Biden administration pushes ahead with its stimulus plans. And it's all good news on the vaccine front. The UK is rolling it out much faster than originally planned. And they're going to find out today how quickly the nation's lockdown will be eased. Could it be another good day for the pound today? It's Monday, the 22nd of February, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a 12-month high for U.S. Treasury yields on Friday as 10 years reach 1.34%, a couple of basis points higher than that in the middle of the session. U.K. 10-year gilts were up eight basis points as well to 0.7%, so massive climbs happening there as well, considering it was 0.2% at the beginning of the year. And Aussie 10-year yields uh, just a smidgen short of 1.5%. But the main news from Friday, a big rise in the Aussie dollar, rising 1.3% to a three-year high. And sterling also hitting a dollar thirty four for the first time since March two thousand and eighteen. So no surprise then that the US dollar fell. It fell at a quarter percent at the end of the week on the DXY, despite the rising bond yields that we've been seeing. But that was after quite a rise in the middle of the week last week. So it finishes the week just 0.1% down. Oil fell, though, at the end of the week. WTI dipping back below $60 a barrel with a 2.1% fall, a 1.6% fall in Brent. And uh, metals, a 4.4% rise in copper, 7.7% across the entire week. So a lot happening at the end of the week. Ray Attrell is head of FX Strategy and NAB. He's here with us. Uh, Ray, I guess the, 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 let's start with the Aussie dollar because it is a three-year high. Uh, and uh, look, it, uh, the Aussie doing well, even though equities down on Friday, the ASX falling 1.3%. That's two weeks now with the ASX 200 falling. Uh, but I guess they are they are separate issues, aren't they? I mean, it, it's very much the inflation trade that's driving the Aussie dollar up. Yes, I think it is. Morning, Phil. Well, you could uh, very simply argue that, um, you know, a higher Aussie dollar is, is not great for some sectors of the Australian economy. We had um, Cochlear, the um, specialist ear plant um, maker out on Friday warning that the strength of the uh, Aussie dollar was going to have a negative impact on its earnings in the second half. That's the first time I've seen, you know, an American company actually, sorry, an Australian company actually bemoaning the strength. So I think that's, uh, there's perhaps a little bit of a link there. But, um, uh, but yes, this is this is the reflation trade written large. But as far as the Aussie dollar is concerned, and you just mentioned in the intro, you know, look at the copper price there up to over 4% on the day, I think 7% on the week. If I look at a broader index of um, uh, industrial metals prices or base metals prices, you know, you've got a similar you know, rise, particularly over the course of February, several percentages. And, you know, and we've been saying almost ad nausea to, uh, to, to clients that uh, just looking at Aussie in relation to commodity prices, which remains the single biggest driver of the currency, you can actually justify higher levels. And uh, so we've been calling for a move up to at least 80 in the first half of the year for a while. And, and the risk is that we may well see that printed before the end of the first quarter is out rather than the second quarter. So it really is a commodity story. Um, and also, you know, last week we had the RBA claiming that its policy actions have uh, have knocked something like 5% off the currency. We struggle to get, um, you know, orders of magnitude of 5% in terms of, you know, how much Aussie interest rates have been suppressed 
by the RBA's action. So, um, you know, to, to us, that's a little bit of a sideshow in terms of uh, what the key drivers here. And the pound as well, doing well, uh, despite uh, those retail numbers that they had on, on Friday, an 8.2% slide in the volume of sales in January, which is double what it was in December. But I guess that's offset by the fact the pound is obviously doing well. Well, but, um, is, is the fact that we're over Brexit now, is that is some of that coming back to give the, the pound a bit of a, a boost? And obviously the fact that they are doing very well with the with the vaccine in fact uh, Boris Johnson saying that he he plans to have everybody in the country who wants it to be to be vaccinated by the end of July and we have every reason to believe him because they're actually delivering ahead of schedule that's right so i think it's something like is it close to 25% numbers i was looking at at the weekend mm. of uh that we're not 25% of the population had the shot, but in terms of the number of vaccinations is, is equivalent to that. And given very few people have had a second jab yet, that uh, probably is close to 25% of the population. So that is certainly a factor. If you look at the US, the UK relative to the rest of the world, Israel is the only country that is, uh, you know, that is exceeding um, the UK vaccination rates. I think that is certainly playing to the grain. And yes, I do think there is still something of a re-rating of sterling um, now that... Uh, you know, the UK has some form of uh, free trade agreement with with the EU, albeit suboptimal compared to the, um, you know, the pre-referendum uh, situation. So I think that's certainly helping. And although we had that uh, that big decline in uh, retail sales, as you mentioned, I think it was minus, uh, more than 8% off, excluding the volatility in, uh, in petrol sales. But look at the UK PMI numbers. They showed some surprising resilience. Services PMI up to 49.7 from 42 um, you know, and, and manufacturing up from 54.9 to 53.1. So despite the, um, you know, the, the very severe, you know, social distancing restrictions that uh, the UK is going through, um, people seem to have found ways of, uh, of keeping the, uh, the credit card warm and, um, you know, and manufacturing, which is a global story, you know, continuing to do well with, um, you know, the strength of, of, of China's activity, you know, one of the drivers there, um, probably more evident in the German figures, which is more export dependent, but, um, UK getting some benefit too. Well, yeah, those German numbers were very strong, weren't they? Particularly for manufacturing. I mean, we do, we have seen services sliding a little bit, though, haven't we? In in Europe, so it is a bit a bit of a, a tale of two economies. No, absolutely. But um, but obviously, you know, markets are travelling with the view that um, you know services is is you know, understandably depressed with most of those readings below the fifty. Um, but with markets looking ahead with increasing confidence to what the uh, to what their own or the global economy is going to look like in the second half of the year, um, you know we're looking through those and and, and you know the, the manufacturing ones are probably resonating a little bit more with markets just at the moment. So this sell-off in bonds that we've been seeing, particularly in the United States, obviously that is driven by inflation concerns. But we're not seeing any movement, are we? In well, in equities, at least in the in the major indices. But I guess it is if we look at uh, smaller smaller equities, it depends which stocks you're looking at, doesn't it? Because there's the whole rotation thing going on right now. No, absolutely. I mean the contrast there is between um, you know what, what have been the key drivers to date and certainly those that have benefited most from the near zero interest rate environment and, and that to some extent is why things like the, the Nasdaq have been outperforming but also you know more resilience in the face of social lockdowns people still you know accessing those services as if you look at something like the Russell 2000 which is very much a you know smaller cap domestically focused um, you know index, uh, that was up 2% on Friday compared to what minus 0.2 for the S&P. Um, but one thing that's holding up the broader caps is, is financials. The steeper yield curves tends to mean higher net interest margins and uh, and also to some extent reflecting you know, optimism about global economies, which is also good for, for the banks. So, um, so a little bit of a contrast within 
that sort of S&P, uh, et cetera. But it's really the smaller caps that have uh, – so the so-called rotation trade is back in vogue. So if you've got rising yields in uh, in bonds, I mean, doesn't that undercut – uh, investment in in you know in risk assets. I mean, why why, why put money into risky assets if uh, if you can make uh, a high yield out of bonds? Well, it, you have to ask why are bond yields rising now. If they're if they're rising because of you know, mostly because of uh, fears of higher inflation and the fears that central banks are going to have to stamp on that sooner than later. So later, then that certainly mm. is bad news. But to the extent it does reflect you know broader economic optimism and, and noticeable in the in the backups that we've had. Towards the end of last week, it, it's uh, it's not just inflation expectations. We're seeing a rise in real bond yields, and the question is, you know, at what point do they actually threaten economic recovery? And, and frankly, you know, yields going from you know where were we just below one percent for ten-year treasuries to just over one point three percent so far this year, frankly, isn't enough to uh, to derail um, the economy or frighten central banks. And 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 so at the margin. It does seem to be unsettling equity markets a little, but would have to go a lot further and a lot faster, I think, um, you know, to really have a big impact on yields. And the other thing just to note, incidentally, which is sort of relating to the currency, is that real yields in um, in the US so far this month are up about 20 basis points. But if I look across the um, the English channel to um, to Germany and the Euro Eurozone benchmarks, um, benchmark 10-year German yields up uh, 27 and a half basis points. So maybe that mm. explains why the US dollar is not getting a lot of benefit from this latest backup but in also, US yields. It is mixed signals, isn't it? Because also on on inflation, if we look at the the the, the, the difference between rates on nominal and inflation linked bonds, I mean that that is narrowing, which would indicate the inflation expectations aren't growing. Quite the reverse. Well, they had been. That, that, that's I think that is the point mm. that a lot of the the backup in in in. Nominal yields, you know, was not seeing any improvement in real yields, but now it is sort of real yields are rising. And I say the question that uh, certainly the bond market is asking and the equity markets is, is how far can this go before it does start to have an unsettling effect? As I say, it's starting to, it is a discussion point, but it's not yet the be all and end all of uh, bringing the equity market rally to a halt. Well, Larry Summers is saying uh, next year the Fed's going to have to raise rates. He's uh, reckoning that the fiscal stimulus isn't targeting enough, isn't targeted enough, I should say, and uh, and the economy is going to run hot as a result and and the Fed is going to have to switch direction. But, uh, well, that's, uh, that's certainly his view. He's getting pushed back against um, But the fact that he's a Democrat and he's so widely respected means that his views are, are being listened to. Um, obviously, Janet Yellen, the incumbent Treasury Secretary, isn't having a bar of it, and not only is she still pressing the, the go big message but um starting to talk about what happens post the you know the next covid um relief bill which is still you know still tagged at 1.9 trillion talking about infrastructure um you know education spending etc some of which she suggests would need to be funded through higher taxes but um so potentially she's saying even if we get this deal over the line that there's more where that came from and uh, you know it is it is going to be an you know, increasing factor and we know that inflation uh, is going to start picking up in the months ahead largely because of base effects from last year but it's certainly going to to feed the debate about whether this is all going to end in some sort of inflation tears and central banks having to come to the party reversing course sooner or 
rather than later. Yeah. But yeah. Um, as I say, it's certainly bubbling along, but it's not front and centre. Just well, we'll see how those uh, US stimulus negotiations go on. That's certainly things, uh, something to look out for uh, this week, isn't it? Uh, and uh, Jerome Powell is going to be testifying to the uh, to the Senate on Tuesday as well. Uh, so, uh, and a fairly busy week ahead. We get the Australian wages, the RBNZ's meeting, and uh, today the German IFO survey. Uh, Christine Lagarde from the ECB is going to be talking today as well, and also Boris Johnson is going to give the schedule for the uh, easing of lockdown in the UK as well. So the expectation is schools there are going to go back in a few weeks, and it's the beginning of the end for them. Well, let's hope so. And hearing that potentially, you know, more than than one household might be able to gather, albeit outside, um, as early as Easter. So. Um, You've got to be hoping for uh, for an early outbreak of summer because um, you know, being in the UK at Easter sometimes, you know, you need more than a T-shirt can snow. To, to survive. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but yes, but yeah. certainly it, it plays with the grain of, of the positive uh, news flow relating to the vaccine and, and getting the, the virus under control. So, uh, so hence, you know, sterling uh, up, up above 140, as, as we said, uh, for the first time since April 2008 on, uh, on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the jabs start today in Australia as well. The Prime Minister's had his. I think uh, Albo's having his as well later on in the week. Uh, but you won't see yours for a long time, I, I should imagine. Although, yeah. you know, age. Are they doing you know, age? You'll be next week, won't you? Are we, are we done? <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Catch you soon, Ray. Thank Good you. Stop. <laughs> that was a bit rude, wasn't it? But he does do well, doesn't he, really, for a man of his years? That's it for Monday morning on The Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again with someone much younger tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. <laughs>